Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Steve. We're going to talk about uh, an aspect of reaching that world with the love of Christ this morning that I think is critically important in our day. Uh, And I believe God is going to speak to your heart in in a significant way as we do that this morning. As as we begin, let me ask a, a couple questions. How many of you who have ever wrestled with questions either about God or for God, had serious questions about God or for God? Anybody other than me? Okay, most, most of us in the room, good. Ne- next question. How many of you, in spite of those questions, have sometimes suffered in silence with those questions because you weren't sure how other people around you would act if you asked those questions? Yeah, again, a lot of people in the room. Thank you, I am not alone. That makes me feel better already. Uh, There is a difference most of the time in questions about God and questions for God. Questions about God are normally questions like, is he real? Is he good? Can I really know him? Does he have a plan for my life? life. Questions about God often come before you start a personal relationship with him. Questions for God often flow out of some kind of depth of relationship with God, but it's a a little bit different. Those questions stem oftentimes from situations in life that cause us to communicate with God a lot more often, if you know what I'm talking about. Things like, God, why won't you, you fill in the blank. Hey, would, would somebody's sick, would you mind healing? Or God, why, why, can't, I, why can't I hear your voice? Why can't I, I feel you in my heart like, like I think I should? Or Would you provide for, again, fill in the blank. Occasionally, wrestling with questions for God out of some level of relationship with him cause us to go back and then have questions again about God if our relationship with him isn't set and and firm and those questions creep in and questions for God can lead back to questions about God if we don't know him fully. I'm not sure someone would maybe articulate it or say it quite like this, but sometimes questions for God, if you don't get an answer to them that satisfies you, lead you again to have questions about God. Some people even get to the point where they unfriend or unfollow Jesus because they're tired of wrestling with questions for God that lead to questions about God and not getting the answers that they want. Personally, I don't know that I've ever seriously considered unfriending or unfollowing Jesus altogether in my wrestling. I have gone through plenty of seasons in my life where I had serious questions for God. God, would you please heal my wife? Can you break in on my son or my daughter who's going through this difficult 
time. Could you, could you please work in so-and-so's heart? Like, God, please. Here's what I feel God is laying on my heart to, to share with you this morning. Believers need to embrace and be transparent about their, your, our wrestling with God because it will actually decrease the number of people who are tempted to unfriend or unfollow Jesus if we own our own questions and our own wrestling. You see, I think too many people are afraid to ask those questions, especially in church circles, because they're not sure that they'll get the answers they want and they're not sure how other Christians will respond if people know they have those kinds of questions. Too many people suffer in silence wondering, am I a bad Christian for these questions that I have? I want to let you know that God is not afraid of your questions. Bring those out into the light because all sorts of unhealthy things grow in the dark. Amen? Uh, in silence and in the dark and in doubts. And if they just exist in your mind, they take unhealthy paths, right? You bring those out in the light and the light shines in the darkness. You wonder how an all-loving God could allow so much pain in this world. Then ask. War, famine, your parents' divorce, your spouse's betrayal. Did you lose a baby? Did you have trouble when your grandparents passed? How could God let that happen? How could the God that you believe in allow it? Can you believe his word? What if this book doesn't seem true in my life? What if someone who was supposed to be following Jesus didn't in your life? What if the person that told you about him unfriended Jesus? As a church, I think we've got to get to the place where this next generation of young people knows they can ask questions. Do you know that, that people are calling this generation the first post-Christian generation. And what they mean by that is God isn't even on this generation's radar. There are twice as many people in this generation that claim to be atheists than the previous one. This generation didn't grow up believing in God and then unfriend him. He's not even on the radar for basing their worldview around but anyone that has lived <laughs> knows that life will eventually cause you to ask questions. And everyone that's lived long enough eventually has questions about life. I believe New Stanton Church needs to be a place where this generation knows that they can ask those questions when life gets too much because the statistics for this generation without God is not good. This generation of young adults is more anxious, more overwhelmed, more isolated, more depressed, more stressed out, more suicidal than any generation in American history. 
You know what? That's why Sunday school teachers matter. That's why grow matters. That's why discipling kids at youth group matters. That's why transparency with, and being honest with the questions that you wrestle with is so critical to the work of God. We can help this generation rewrite their story with the God story in their life in it if we own our questions. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. Check this scripture out. Follow my example, Paul says, as I follow the example of Christ. Man, that will preach. I'll follow Jesus and you can follow me. Can you see children's workers and Sunday school teachers saying that downstairs? I'll follow Jesus and you can follow me. Moms and dads, grandparents and grandmothers, oh my goodness, I'll follow Jesus, you follow me. Connect group leaders, there it is. Church, somebody is watching you follow Jesus. We all have questions and it's okay. How are you following Jesus in front of this generation? Questions and all. Because somebody's watching you follow Jesus. I want to turn to Matthew's gospel this morning, the 28th chapter. And this is Jesus' famous great commission. This is like the pep rally for the church. And at this point, the disciples have spent three years with Jesus. They have seen him heal. They've seen him do miracles. They've been sent out. They've done miracles. They've taught. They watched Jesus hang on a cross and die. They watched him raised to new life. This is like the final pep rally. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority... And heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go, teach, baptize. You can do it. I'll be with you. But after three years... And seeing Jesus crucified and resurrected. This is the end, right before he goes back to the Father. Look what Matthew tells us in verses 16 and 17. Right before the Great Commission. When the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean, some doubted? How could you possibly doubt after seeing the resurrection? I, I don't even know what to say about that. But I have more questions. Why did Matthew even put this in his gospel? Couldn't he have conveniently left that part out and just sent the disciples out? Jesus said it, we did it. Rah, 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 the Holy Spirit worked. Why did he say we worshiped him? Some doubted. 
after some prayer, I think Matthew put this in his gospel because some really doubted. And maybe because someone, somewhere down the road, maybe you, was going to hear and need to hear that doubts don't disqualify you from being a disciple. Doubts don't disqualify you from being sent and put on a mission from Jesus Christ. You, you still can show people Jesus' questions and doubts and all. Jesus sent them out into the world to make disciples while they doubted. What if, what if doubts don't make us bad Christians? What if doubts are just part of being a follower of Jesus and working out our salvation with fear and trembling? What if, what if doubts don't point to a lack of faith, but a faith that's going deeper as we wrestle with our questions? I, I love that Matthew just threw it out there. Some doubted. Maybe doubts aren't the problem. Maybe it's what we do with our doubts and our questions that's the problem. Based on this passage, I would say suffering in silence and not asking questions, not admitting that we doubt is the problem. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I want to unpack this phrase. When we doubt as a church, we're going to be honest about having questions. And we will process our doubts with other believers and then follow Jesus boldly together. So phrase number one in that. We're going to be honest about having questions. Some doubted. I doubted. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to cover it up. I'm not going to conveniently forget to mention it. And neither are you. We're going to be honest about it. I hope you understand that God is bigger than your doubts and bigger than your questions. He knows that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows that his ways are higher than our ways. He knows that our minds can't contain him. He's not up there saying, what? You still don't get it? You don't get all of me? Come on, what's wrong with you? You're not gonna figure God out. You are not gonna know his every move or motive ahead of time. And if you think you can know God's every move or motive, I'm going to just take a guess here and say that the person you're calling God isn't really God. Because you, he won't be put in this little box where you can examine him and know all his moves and all his motives and have no questions at all. The problem comes when we feel like questions say that we don't have faith or that not understanding God is a problem. Questions don't blow up your faith. What blows up your faith is pretending that you don't have any doubts when you really do and then unfriending him because you didn't get the answers to your questions. Doubts and questions are an invitation to see that God is bigger and that we can go deeper if we're honest about it. God is currently teaching me how much he grieves 
when we live outside of his plan for our life. Because he wants what is best for us. And I have all kinds of questions and all kinds of doubts. And I'm tempted to be afraid and worried. And more than anything, I want to be in control. But I can't put God in a box that small. He just won't fit. I can't limit him to seeing things the way I see them. He sees like everything. And I see like... (laughs) It's just this, we, we just don't see as big as God is. My part is to be honest about the doubts I have and trust him through them. When we doubt, we're going to be honest about having questions. And second, we will process our doubts with other believers. Matthew says, we worshiped, some doubted. How did he know that? Observation skills? <laughs> where, where he and the rest of the disciples looking around and he, he elbows, elbows John and says, hey, 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 look at Andrew. Look at the look on Andrew's face. He is so rigged out now as Jesus is given the great commission. He is so afraid, so scared. We thought doubting Thomas was bad. How about we call Andrew, Andrew the agonizer? <laughs> no, that's not how that went down. I think after Jesus gave the great commission, they all processed this together. They just spent three years doing that together with Jesus. If Andrew had doubts, I think Andrew said, you know what? I'm not sure about this. (laughs) Like, Jesus isn't going to be here, and I, I just don't know if this is a good idea. We all need other believers to process doubts and questions with If you don't have believers in your inner circle of friends to ask questions with, let us help you find those people for your life. Hello, connect groups at New Stanton Church, that's why they exist. I was at Ty's connect group last Monday, and it was awesome. And they they wrestled with this question, and they shared from the week highs and lows and went around the group. Man, that's awesome. That, that's how you keep people from unfriending Jesus. Sharing your highs and sharing your lows and sharing what you're struggling with. None of us. None of us. We are not meant to do life alone. And I believe that this doing life together needs to start young. We need to continue to be a church that encourages questions. Newsstand Church needs to be a safe place for people to ask questions that don't even know Jesus yet. That next generation who's grown up without God even on the radar needs to know that this is a safe place that they can come and ask questions about God. They need to be able to feel loved and accepted and wrestle with questions. The disciples had their people. And you need some Jesus-loving people to be your people to to wrestle with. We need young adults who who don't graduate church when they graduate high school. Oh, man, I see that over and over. We need kids that don't graduate church when they graduate high school. And one of the ways to help kids to keep from graduating church is to be honest about what we wrestle with and have them see it.
So like, get your kids in Sunday school. Bring your kids to AMP. Volunteer in those ministries. See Miss Jessie. She will put you to work, invest in your life, and ask in questions. And guess what? You don't have to have all the answers. You have to be honest that you have questions. Matthew says, you know what? We worshiped, but some doubted. And then he said, well, go tell them. <laughs> go tell them about everything I said. You followed me. They'll follow you. The last part of this phrase is, we will then follow Jesus boldly together. I know people, we're, we're looking at Matthew's gospel this morning, but I want to jump over to John's gospel just for a second. This is John chapter 6, and Jesus is talking about being the bread of life. And he's talking about offering his body and offering his blood for the world so people can face eternity And the bread God offered in Jesus is this symbol, this fulfillment of the bread he offered in their sin and wandering in the desert when God offered manna. And Jesus says, when they ate that bread, people died. And Jesus says, but if you eat my body and drink my blood, you will never die like those people in the desert died. And we get it. Like we think communion, they all had questions because that sounded like cannibalism. (laughs) They were like, "Mm, I'm not eating that guy's body. I'm not drinking his blood. That's crazy. And the scripture says some people, when Jesus said that, unfriended and unfollowed Jesus. Look at John 6, 66 through 69. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I'm not sure Simon Peter and the rest of the disciples had that whole blood and body thing and eating it all worked out yet. But in spite of their questions, in spite of their doubts, they were going to keep following Jesus together. Now, that snapshot about communion, Jesus' body and his blood, John chapter 6 is way at the beginning of the Jesus story. Matthew 28 is way at the end of the Jesus story. But did you see that from beginning to end, they still had questions? They didn't, even at the end, have it all figured out. But they refused to unfollow Jesus because of those doubts. Because they believed, they came to believe and to know that his words lead to eternal life, that he was and is and will always be the Holy One of God. So they committed to following Jesus boldly together. As I wrestle and struggle, as we wrestle and struggle together, Paul's words bounce around in my soul. Peter's words bounce around in my soul. Where else are you going to go? Who else has the answers? I I don't have all the answers, but Jesus does. 
I believe he can heal. I believe he can redeem. I believe he can right wrongs. He died and rose again. And if I'm going to boldly follow somebody, it's going to be Jesus. And I'm going to do it with all of you. Because I don't know that any one of us has the strength or the faith all on our own to do that like we should. But together, we can boldly follow Jesus where we need to go. When we doubt, we're going to be honest about having questions. We will process our doubts with other believers and then follow him boldly together. Let's pray. God, as we come this morning, being honest that we have doubts and that we wrestle, God, there's that story about not putting a light under a bowl. And God, we confess that sometimes we've hidden those questions, we've not asked them, and the effect of that was putting your light, the light that shines in us under a bowl. God, help us to trust that the light shines in the darkness and chases it away. Those doubts, those questions, God, if we're just honest, if we bring them into the light, you can work in us and through us. You still call us to go and make disciples. We can follow you. We can show people Jesus as we worship and even as we have doubts. So God, we come this morning, doubts and all, to worship you, trusting that you have a plan for us, trusting that we can't put you in a box. We're not gonna figure you all out, but God, we know that you loved us and you sent your son. So we give our heart and our life to you, trusting that you'll light up the path one step of the way at a time. Be our light so that we can worship you fully for all eternity. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and worship from church.